This is The Midnight Club, a podcast for Athenas and Clydesdales and the rest of us that, when we come in last, it's still coming in first. Welcome back to another episode of The Midnight Club. I'm... Clinton Timmerman, joined again by... Kelly Tibble. Kelly, how are you doing tonight? You know, I'm doing okay. It's a little <laughs> bit of a late start, but we found a spot after a couple of fails, and here we are. And by fails, she means fails to try to record. Um, I take this as a positive side. A lot of times we try to go to local places, breweries, restaurants, uh, establishments that we've wanted to stay open during covid and tonight, it was places that are usually dead and quiet. We showed up one place, uh, lively, loud, uh, full of people, full of life, and that's good. So people we, are out partying. They are out partying hardy, and we are here in Snohomish County, Washington State, in the town of Bothell, Bothell Mill Creek area. And so we finally just came back to the house to record this episode. We're in our living room. <laughs> we are in the living room. And yeah, here we are. And Kelly, I got to admit something to you. I will, uh, based on how, you know, life has been going, trying to figure things out, I kind of wish I was suffering in the desert of Utah. Um, Do you know that I, bad? That, that, well, I mean, it's just one thing to be focused on trying to get from A to B, and then, I guess, comparatively speaking, um, even though, I don't even know if I try to run this thing tomorrow, if I could, if I could complete it, but, um, you want to run away, I want to run away, well, I even put that in, when we signed our applications, I even, you know, filled them out, and I said that I am a dentist that doesn't want to be one, so I do these endurance runs as a way to try to run away from my career choices, so, I, I still stand by that, so, yeah, there, there you go. Wow, oh, that's you just sad. <laughs> yeah, you know, I guess there's a lot still to be thankful for, but I don't know, something about just you and the trail, trying to beat the trail. All right, Sometimes well, let me take the noose off of your neck, and let's rewind. Okay, let's we're do that. We're back from Moab. Doodly, doodly, doodly. Oh, you're not rewinding yet? No, oh, oh, please. Oh, okay. And we are back from Moab, yes. Yes, and we have a story to tell. Not as grandiose of one as probably 99% of the people who did this thing, but we have a story to tell. We do. People, if anybody is curious how those back in the caboose, some of the, the uh, first ones to, to fall, so to speak, what their stories are, we will give you that tonight. So, um, yeah, everyone's got a story, I guess. And I'm going to, everything we talk about tonight, I'm going to circle back to this. It is absolutely incredible what people were able to accomplish doing this run. Uh, nothing short of amazing. And so anything we talk about, just keep in mind, people had four more days of, of, of this with even worse conditions, uh, definitely as far as at least elevation. And so just utmost respect for what people accomplish on this run. So where should we kick it from? Take it from the top? Hmm. Let's go to the night before. The night before? Like, packet pickup, 
Let's start there. Okay, gotcha. We we did the Burt Kreischer show. We did. Awesome show. Uh, it was really... The Machine! The Machine! I was glad we had a chance to to go see that uh, brilliant idea on his part to be on the stage and talk to people who would be in their vehicles. And was it that day? No, no, it was the day before. We realized 240 miles, the distance from Salt Lake City, Utah, to Moab, Utah, the northwest part of the state, central northwest part of the state, to the southeast part of the state, was 240 miles. And that's what we're going to do. Then we had to drive it. And we had to drive it. (laughs) And it takes about, what, three and a half, almost four hours or so. Yeah. And Um, and you were, it's almost like a death march because there's nothing out there. There's really not, and I I gotta admit, I think you were reading my mind at the time. We we was August or July when we we signed up for this. We saw that hey, there might be a possibility. It was Fourth of July weekend, so Walla Walla. okay, so Fourth of July weekend, we signed up for. We we saw that hey, we might be able to qualify for this. We're also going to be in a, a, a no wait list. Yeah, so lucky. Hey, when there's no qualifications, you suddenly can qualify. And we put our names on the wait list. We were, what, 48, 49, respectively. Didn't think we were going to get in. 40, 41. But, Maybe but. it's 40, 41. Um, but then as the summer you know, continued on, we realized, hey, we're moving up. This might become real. It became like the running joke. Like, oh, we moved up 10 spots. Still not going to be there. Like, I was like, I was, I was, I mean, if you told me that one of your kids, whether or not we're doing this thing, I would have thrown my eldest at you. No, really? <laughs> that's, that's how much you did not think it was going to happen. Yes. Because I felt, especially, especially how things were going this year, either people weren't going to make the race, didn't want to do the race, whatever reason, I wondered, we might make this. And sure enough, within days, we kept moving up and up and up. And the reason why I mention this is on my way down to Moab, I started feeling like, should we even be here? Are we worthy of this? Um, I'd only done one ultra marathon. Now, granted, reading the reading the official race packet made me nervous. But reading Candace Burt's article about, hey, don't be too afraid of this. Have at it. You can do this. Somebody that ran, did this thing, had done 31 or 35 miles before. And I was trying to train as she as she had recommended. I realized I needed definitely a lot more of it and a heavier pack. Um, so I tried to do, especially it looked like it was back-to-back days of long miles, maybe 20 miles one day, 13 the next, try to have a heavier pack. I needed to do a lot more of that. Uh, needed to be a little bit more strategic, but I remember when he turned to me and you on the car ride down to Moab, and he asked, "Hey, do you have imposter syndrome right now?" And I'm like, "That's kind of how I'm feeling. Yes, I feel a little awkward. Should we even be doing this?" Um, it's kind of getting a little bit more apprehensive the closer we got to Moab, and then of course we ran into we we were supposed to be pack a pickup. Well, we Google said we were going to get there by three ten, three fifteen. And we were supposed to pick it up by 4 p.m. I started getting nervous because, Kelly, you had an experience going to Whistler. Mm-hmm. And they have a strict cutoff for the Ironman. If you don't pick it up by if it's 6 p.m. You're if it's, fucking out of luck. Yeah. If it's 6.01, <laughs> you are not racing. Even though their packet pickup is two days ahead of time. 
So I was nervous as hell when we were getting there. In fact, I got to the point where I almost asked Kelly, like, hey, should, should you get out? We kind of did. Book? I refused to move. No, we, get out. We should had you book a little it? tiff. <laughs> a little bit of one because we were nervous. We didn't want to get all... Because I always figured it's just my luck. We're going to get here and it's not going to work out. They're going to turn us away and shit. We've already failed before we started. Um, but luckily, we got there. We were able to... Get our numbers, pictures, everything that we needed. Yeah, there. Although it was at this like RV park, and we parked like we parked in a hurry, and we were trying to get our pack of pickup, get all of our things, and went back to the car because we needed. ID, oh no, we needed um, our bibs. We needed our bibs, yes. And Floyd and his. Golf carts. Was his name Floyd? No. But (laughs) (laughs) he was certain we should not be there. And so um, he asked us if we were staying there. We said, no, we're just getting our packets. And he was not impressed that. Well, the packet did say, don't drive and park here the date. Of, but for packet pickup, nothing there. We weren't sure. And we were already running late, so it was one of those. We were just... worried about that. But no, this guy actually he pulled up and he and he was just, you can't be here. But we're supposed to park, and all I said, not here. Where do we need to go? And kind of had a little stare off when he like, we can go across the street. I'm thinking like, why can't you just lead with? Sorry, folks, you can't park here. If you're here to pick up the packet, can you go across the street? The fun thing about across the street is you have to play Frogger (laughs) to get across the highway back to where we had packet pickup. And Frogger we did play. We did a few times. And and we won because we're still here. Yes, we're still alive. So there we go. Um, Yeah, so that was a little bit of an adventure for packet pickup. We got some kick-ass... what would we get in that? We got the, the duffel bag? Yeah, the there, the duffel is bag a, there was a sticker that's now on our computer right behind you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we Yeah, we, the 80s duffel bag. We got yeah. a tea. We got some See, I, shaving I pre- cream that smelled like it, it was True. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're really... Very true. It, it's it's the the shaving cream to go in the nether regions that but always smells like another the region. nether regions. I don't wanna, like who ran this through a test group. Like, like I, smells like nature. Yes, I, I, I. It's a good point. <laughs> then again, there are some people that just rub pine needles and blueberries on their you know in, in their armpits in nether regions and call it good. So maybe maybe that was the test group. I don't know. We got some hand sanitizer because after five days of not showering, I'm sure that will be saving grace. And anything else in there? Uh, see, I'd already pre-purchased a, a oh, and a little kit with like a band-aid. I didn't get the band-aid. I got this, like this teeny tiny and just. Like fun size Ziploc with like a band aid and a couple things of of like neosporin ointment or something. It was hilarious. Oh, okay. That sounds pretty dope. Yeah, I'm I'm digging it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a fun little pack. Um, the crappy thing, and and I get and let me put it this way too. Everything that had we had to do for COVID, I get it because the race could go on. The downside is there was no mingling. There was no I don't know, get-together, there was no dinner. Um, just a point of reference, I've done, 
although this is a whole different story, I've done the Destination Trails Orcas Island Marathon, and there it was a huge social gathering they had, bunk beds. And Destination Trails put on the Moab. They did. Destination Trails put on the Moab 240. And the really cool thing I'm, I'm catching on more and more for the uh, endurance group is that um, – or just, you know, runners in general, like very supportive group. And so I was kind of excited to, to meet some folks, but as expected, um, as expected, they poo poo the meetings. Yeah. No, nothing like that at all. So all we had a chance to do was go find our hotel and then, um, essentially stew for, <laughs> we no, we morning. didn't stew. We didn't just stew. We went and had some Italian food. We did have some Italian, very delicious Italian it food. It was delicious, and it and went right through us. Oh, well, okay, that's true, too. Um, yes, which is an issue I have just in general, just living day-to-day life, let alone, like, endurance running. Um, but there there, there were no distractions. I, in a way, I wish Burt Kreischer had gone from Salt Lake to Moab, because I would have just gone to his show that night to try to take my mind off of things. And I think, Kelly, was it Ritual that had said... Try to make sure you get a good night's sleep two nights before an event, because the night before an event, you're not going to be sleeping. Yeah, it, it might have been his podcast. I don't think it was him, but I know. Okay, I know you'd quoted that before, mm-hmm. and that's definitely how I felt that, that night. Just um, yeah, shit for sleep. Horrible, horrible sleep. Nightmares. <laughs> All the above. We, we were just nervous. And then, so, some things that, and, and this is definitely what I wanted to share, that a lot of things I've, I've learned the hard way, which is good to know now, there are a lot of required things to put in your pack. We put everything for a drop bag for the sleep station. I realized we should have done a drop bag for um, probably every aid station, although, of course, that would have added up. But I, I ended up, rather than my normal hydration pack, this is how I was training. I would have three liters of water and my nutrition. I think, Kelly, you had done a little bit with a weighted vest. Mm-hmm. I needed to have more weight. But by the time I put all the equipment in, when I was packing the night before, I had pants, a jacket, We had, and we, we couldn't recharge. Uh, I've seen people that have been able to swap out external battery packs with somebody because we didn't have a crew or a pacer. Um, by the time I put everything in this, I felt like I was back in Boy Scouts getting ready to do my 50-miler, the pack had to have been over 30 pounds, probably pushing oh. 40 pounds. So a few years ago, my dad and I climbed Rainier, and my pack, <laughs> the pack I had for this was definitely comparable, maybe a little bit heavier than what I had for that. <laughs> yeah, it was nuts. And so you pick it up in your hotel room, and yeah, it just is kind of like, alone. huh, okay, well... There we go. Well, we're just going to have to take our time. And the the biggest thing that I was really nervous for, too, I knew that we had Tuesday night to 11 p.m. We did have an earlier start. And I think we we like, hey, we have this, this many days to get from A to B. We'll see how far we can get. And then we realized there were cutoffs in between. And then uh, that's all of a sudden when the pressure was on. Shoot, can we make these cutoffs? Can we get from... You know, can I get to the first aid station, the second aid station, and then I've got this heavy backpack, and then what, we'll get into this, what ended, my, my arch enemy is heat. Um, I'm a, I'm a Clydesdale for sure, I'm built like a Clydesdale, 
even if just going up and down the stairs, I start to sweat, and I sweat profusely, and I was nervous about that too, so I was packing lots of electrolytes, a lot of nutrition to try to combat that possibility, um, so when we had everything packed together, I was it just made me even more and more nervous, so... Yeah, I, 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 what did we get? At least for me, I got maybe an hour or two of sleep, if that. Got up at four. Yeah. And uh, made our, our pre, the pre-race meal that's worked okay for me, at least for Ironman competitions, has been oatmeal, bananas, peanut butter, um, you know, some, some you energy bars. You had bought like a, um, you had bought a juice. Oh, a and smoothie on, juice. On I had bought an orange juice. And we forgot that. We, we did forget those. And I really wanted them about an hour into this. Yeah. No, totally. So we, we got to the, the the start line, got ready to go. Of course, I noticed lots and lots of people with their hydration packs. Uh, not the heavy-ass backpacks that you and I had. Nope. And I thought, hey, here we go. And still, it's one of those things, still honored to, to be there. Still felt humbled. I was really excited to be able to do this. Uh, it was a, you know, it was dark, cooler morning. We had our national anthem. Again, because we had the staggered starts because of COVID, we, um, we, not everybody was there. Mm-hmm. So they start us out. We started power walking, essentially. And there are other people power walking, too. And we thought, hey, we're going to space this out. And I thought the first leg of it, going through town, was kind of going okay. You know, we, we went by the construction, we cut by the Denny's. There were people that I think must have had friends in the in the race, because we, you know people would joke, "Hey, can we can we get some food from from you guys there by the hotels?" And people were kind of talking with each other, chit chatting. And then we went up past the hospital, and then right as we got to the trail, that's when you start to really ascend. And then the sun starts coming up, and yeah, I, I did my my goal. My thought was, you know, power hike up on the inclines, and then try to, to jog. When I say jog, these are going to be about fourteen to fifteen minute miles. This man has a, a good thirty five pounds on his back. Yeah, and even <laughs> I Kelly, have only twenty. <laughs> well, but at the same time, Kelly had all those backpacks that has the little like side attachment things it's that goes sweet. behind the. The head. So she like a, had a headrest on thing. Again, sink Boy Scouts. Do you know what this reminds me of? Hiking and singing. So Clint had a best friend in high school. <laughs> I know where you go with this. And they went on a camping trip. And apparently Clinton had never been on this. Um, was it Boy Scouts? So it was a... Well, technically it was a Mormon church outing. But I grew up in Boy Scouts. The other friend of mine had been in Boy Scouts. Clayton shows up ready to go on a Friday after school, and he shows up with a cooler. It was like a hiking in. These are switchbacks. Yeah, a backpacking overnight trip, and he shows up with a cooler and a chair, right? And, and one of those chairs where, yeah, it, it's it, it's a fold out chair. Inner, it, it's it's got this like pattern. It almost kind of looks like those. Uh, white yeah, and the red. Ones, the only ones that were available in the eighties. Yeah, exactly. If anybody else, I'm talking. I'll try to post a picture if I can. The show well, that notes. was us showing up. That was us. Yeah. So we told Clayton, "Hey, you can't do." Oh this. yeah, no, he showed up with the keys to light. Well, too. that's another thing too. It was also <laughs> technically a Mormon outing, and it was really funny. It's like, uh, you need to keep this here because 
camping to other people in high school was drive in the middle of nowhere, drink shitty beer, and and that's camping. Uh, but I grew up in Boy Scouts, so you usually put things in your back and you're going up switchbacks for however many hours, however many thousand feet gain. Yeah, and then that night we were, were going to cook. We realized Clayton didn't have any food. Like, where's your food? He's like, well, I bought two Danishes, but then my dad ate them before I got home from school. We were Clayton. We were Clayton. So, and so as people are passing us, you know, again, they have their, their the hydration packs I had been training with. And I'm thinking, I'm just feeling like an idiot. Like, oh my goodness, I'm the biggest dolt. But hey, you know, that's cool. We can do this. We can do this. Um, and I was, you know, going along, doing what I could, trying to power power hike on the inclines and then kind of jog. You feel like you're kind of waddling, but jogging on the declines and the straightaways. Um, another thing as far as it was a single track, that first part. So even when I thought Kelly was behind me, maybe I'd like turn around and like, oh, this is somebody else. Let me get to the side, let them pass. Everybody, by the way, everybody passing me, very friendly, very awesome. A lot of, lot of people that I've even seen there. Can I just say the highlight of my not so many hours on this track? Who did we see? Who did Scott I Bayo. Yes. Oh no way. No. David Goggins. David Goggins. Yeah, we said we said good morning, and as he was going up, he, he gave a little wave. Gave a little wave. We, we got I a made wave. Eye contact. There you go. Claim the fame. Right up there when he I went. He seemed to have this like entourage, like cult-like entourage, following him. They were all in unison, and they yeah. were all barely glistening and wearing minimal clothing. Hey, they were they were kick ass though. Oh, oh my gosh! Are you kidding me? They're in it to win it. They were Matter definitely in it to win it. Right, ever since, I mean, right there, that probably ranks with. Man, I was in nineteen eighty five. I went to Universal Studios and I met Kit from Knight Rider. Ooh. Got in and had a chance to talk to him and everything. No David Hasselhoff though, because Kit told me he was off getting married. So, oh well. But Kit and then David Goggins, right there. So yeah, getting passed by David Goggins and Miles. <laughs> seven <laughs> and he started an hour after us hey there you go it works um but yeah no i was trudging along and i did not know on the descent and in the first base camp kelly was behind me i also did not know you'd mentioned that you'd vomited once but apparently that just did not stop so um yeah something that can happen in any kind of run. No, usually it happens after you ran for a while. I honestly, I, I blame my anxiety. I blame on it being dehydrated to start with from the diary of before. I, I honestly think that my anxiety turned into nausea, turned into not eating or drinking, turned into it started to warm up, turned into me puking, turned into having anxiety about that, into not being able to keep any water down, and then it was just a decision to be like, okay, well, if I can't do it, then at least I can, like, help Clint. I, I mean, reality is, is... Um, I, the way I was puking, I wouldn't have 
I would have probably made it to the next aid station, but I would have been so dehydrated, I would have been useless. But also, I took myself out. So, anywho, proceed. <laughs> well, and I, I appreciate it. I think, you know, what Kelly was saying, she felt like, hey, if I can help Clint continue along, I, I'll go ahead and bow out. Maybe I can then crew him and help him and and help him succeed. You know, I was disappointed because I was really excited for the two of us to do this adventure. Um but I also had to respect where where she was at too. So um, I continued on from you know from the first aid station there, um, and then you go straight up this mesa. And then uh, when I got to the top of that, and this is definitely the thing I've learned. Anytime, I'm talking even neighborhood runs, and I was going chugging along. And I realized, hey, I think I'm feeling okay. This is doing great. I'm just going to go nice, nice, easy pace. At the same time, I think I also realized, I think I'm also the caboose. No one's passing me anymore. I do not see anybody ahead of me. But I did happen to come across Gabriella. Oh, I'm going to butcher her last name. Popst? Popst? You're taking a look at it there. Popst? Popst? Popst. Um, she was kind enough. I noticed her in the distance and all of a sudden I'd hear like a whistle, someone waving a pole. I'm like, okay, I see another runner there. So as I'm continuing on, on the, the first Mesa, I see her and then eventually we, and we, we hook up with each other and, um, she's actually, she's just as talkative as me. And so, um, it was great to have someone else to talk to. She actually has done the bad water before. She was supposed to apparently pace Candace Burt for this last bad water. Um, she has one child in Sacramento and another child in Price. And then we had a chance to try to find our way down the slip trail. not just leaving kids. Right oh, oh, yeah. These are like five and three-year-olds. <laughs> These are total adults. I can think I should... <laughs> I should be... Yeah. She didn't take two babies and separate them in two different towns. Um... But it was it was really I, I found I really did like having again that you know someone else on the trail to talk to 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 get through it with um, going down the Slickwalk Trail, which people in these insane four by fours going up the trail that areas that you just never think any vehicle should ever attempt to go up. We were going down and then uh, made it to the Amasa Base Camp uh, with her and kind of okay, uh, you know. Still, I was hanging in there. I I. You know, needed to be there by 2 p.m., got there around 12.30 or so, tried to, to then rehy- you know, hydrate, eat, do what I could, what was left of the aid station. But after the Amasa base camp, to get to the next place, that's when I really started to, to have have trouble. Uh, the course, you know, out in the desert, it was hotter than normal. I, um, it was the, 95 that day, right? Yeah, 95, yeah. and it was this staircase to hell, it felt like, and a couple of fault summits, because you're thinking, as we're going up from there, okay, that is the top of the mesa, you get there, oh no, that's not the top of the mesa. Um, I even had a chance to pass another runner who, apparently she did the bad water too, and she's like, this, uh, I'm not doing this, she was getting lost, she was getting hot, she was getting dehydrated, and... We listened to a podcast on the way down that said that this is a flat course, right? I believe so. I, that I must be a relative term because <laughs> as we're, I'm going up and up and up, and I get to the top of the mesa there, and I realize I'm starting to lose water. Generally speaking, and part of 
part of what I've tried to do, because I keep hearing, even if you sweat profusely and you lose electrolytes, try to train the heat as much as you can. So even when it, I work in central Washington State, it's a lot warmer than western Washington, and we'd have 100-degree days. I would try to go run 13 miles in the heat. Usually I could still get about 10 miles with 3 liters of water, and I was getting... I was getting low in water, and I realized, you know, at that point, I was, um, I was still a mile twenty, maybe twenty, and I, I had to get to mile thirty-one to base camp. So then I started panicking a little bit. Well, when I say panic. I meant I was more thinking like, okay, I, I need to ration what I'm doing. So I'm trying to take just a couple sips and go, couple sips and go. I had left ahead of Gabriella. She catches up to me in the top of the mesa and continues on. And then you get to this part where it's just a, a cliff. It's a drop-off. I'm like, what the hell? Like, where's the hang glider? Is this how I'm supposed to get down? Zip line? And there's this trail. It's uh, Jacob's Ladder, Jared's Ladder, somebody with a J's Ladder. Jericho. Jericho. <laughs> yeah, although there's no ladder. Part of it, you're scrambling over these rocks to get down from there. And then by the time I'm, I'm pushing mile 25, 26... I've already been in trouble for a while, and I knew, knew I needed to get to the base camp by 8 p.m. I did not think I was going to get this cut off. Um, and I, I've, I found a road, and you can see the Colorado River out in the distance. And I thought, like, part of it was even like, hey, I was just going to go to the river. I'll jump in the river. I'll drink from the river, whatever. Because at the same time, I even had a, a hydration filter pack. But there was just zero water or rivers or anything to go across, and it was very exposed. Um, and then I got to the point, I no cell service, but I did have a Garmin device that I could have sent um, a message to Kelly. And just because I, oh, when I did see Kelly before uh, at the base camp, the Boston base camp, I said, hey, I'll be at, or a Boston aid station, I'll be at base camp, get there. Um, you know, what, you know, cut off or no cut off, that's where I'll meet you at. I should be able to get there. I did not realize that I guess crew was not supposed to try to get there. Put a pin in that because Kelly's got a story about that there. Um, but uh, as I was continuing on, I, I was about ready. I was just delirious. I was dehydrated. I'd been out of it. You know, my, my clothes, my skin, everything is just dripping with... With salt, essentially. Oh, you're dripping. You just cut it off. Yeah, you just touch something and like poof. Uh, kind of like if you go to do an attic you haven't been to for a while and you dust something off. Uh, but lo and behold, if anybody has seen Lord of the Rings when Frodo was actually stabbed with um, where he was, he was on um, ribbon top and he gets stabbed by the. By the way, nerd alert um, by the ring race. And he's he thinks he's dying, and then Arwen shows up. It's Liv Tyler, and she's able to talk to him, and it was a beacon of hope, beacon of life. I get the sweeper that shows up, and she is able to um, help me out. She gives me some water, gives me some, some food, and I've also looked up who this person is. I knew it was Lindsay, but Lindsay Rust she was a uh, a sweeper and definitely a godsend because that helped me along, gave me some of her water, helped talk me through. And then I still had five miles, over five miles to go. And in those five miles, uh, she now knows my life story. So she knows 
uh, my thoughts on religion, spirituality, personal struggles, uh, pretty much everything, probably even my favorite color. Um, and she was able to get me to the base camp. And again, I did not think I was going to make it there. Had to get there by 8 p.m. Got there at 7.30. <laughs> and I have a general rule that whenever I go to a race, I go until I either finish or I get kicked off. And I got there at that point, and I noticed the Jeep that we had rented, so Kelly was there. And But the thing is, I was still trying to rehydrate. I was still trying to recuperate. And the thing that was just really tough is at the same time, the people there who were all awesome, they were excellent, but they also said, you have 19 minutes to decide if you're going to continue or if you're going to bow out here. And so then it's just, it was a really difficult decision because uh, I was given some hot dogs. I was given some. Why is hot dogs a go-to? I don't like, know. oh man, I'm clinging on to my last little bit of hope. Here, have a hot dog. This should be yeah, well, on the right track. Yeah, well, definitely, definitely. When I listened to Allison Powell on the um, the uh, Training for Ultra podcast. Yeah, she was like, I, I wanted to choke it down. And they're like, no, 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 no. The first thing is if you look at something and doesn't sound good that's your first line of defense no and that's the thing i i could only have a couple bites of that you even brought me subway um but it's really interesting because even towards the end of my uh, finishing my first iron man something i you, you get gooed out no more goos and i it was like i could only have oreos you just find the certain foods that Did i brought you some chocolate chip cookies you were down those pretty good yeah that works too I don't even drink Coca-Cola, really, but Coca-Cola sometimes, when you get on these endurance runs, um, works like a charm. So it's really interesting when you experience that you can't even get one bite of one type of food, but you can totally have another, and you're not even sure what it's going to be. So I, I did my best in the hot dogs. Um, I was kind of 50-50 for a while, I should continue on, because we had four miles to a water station, but then to get to Breaking Bad from there was 24 miles, but then when Lindsay did come and she said, I'm not trying to discourage you, however, it's 41 miles until you get to the next station of which you'd be able to actually withdraw. And at that point, it was nighttime. I thought to myself, well, I'm not going to lose as much water. You know, I'm not going to, as far as my hydration needs, my electrolyte needs without the sun, this is more to my advantage, but I thought, am I really going to get to um to the the not sure that it was the indian pass to that station that the sleep station by 2 p.m on saturday i think it was if i remember correctly um and, I, and just in my mind calculating and just trying to be realistic like i don't think i'm gonna get there and even and if so, you do you can sleep no, I know it's just, it's just going through the night, which at the same time, I was looking forward to my first sleep-deprived uh, sleep race. I didn't even mean that, like getting to the aid station. They'd be like, well, you got 20 minutes, <laughs> so right. like 40 miles down Well, and, and that goes into, the, the, this is definitely a huge realization I, I in doing this race. Um, a lot of podcasts we listened to, we had people that, they were able to stop at aid stations and hang out for an hour, three hours. Um, somebody's having trouble. I think he had three hours on the trail. Dawned on me while I was going through this. These people are fast. 
a lot faster than me, which means they're going faster than even a 14-minute, 12-minute mile pace, whatever they're doing, and they can get to these waypoints and take that time. For me, I'm always... This is just me in life, I feel like. Uh, if I pass a test, I feel like sometimes it's, you know, barely making the curve sometimes. Um, or a particular grade I'm shooting for, but I'm just, just barely making that grade. Um, I tend to finish races, you know, barely on time. Midnight uh, Club. Hence, hence the, the name of this podcast, The Midnight, Midnight Club. Or even if I'm touring someplace I usually show up to a castle right as it's closing or about to close and so these these wait these stations when I got to the first station they um the Amasa base camp they're like hey do you want the sandwich to go well do I have time to hang out well you're 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 doing okay but you should get going so then it was like I either just need to be faster or have the endurance where I can show up to aid stations and just keep going because I literally was getting there in, in just enough time to have to say hello and then goodbye right away. There was no time for me to be able to hang out and recuperate for a few hours. And so that is one thing to just keep in mind, you know, if anybody listening is a little bit slower, um, I'm not trying to discourage anybody, but definitely try to maybe calculate a pace that's going to incorporate stopping at aid stations or... Or for that person that, hey, I can go for several hours, I'm a lot slower, but I can go longer, I don't need to stay at the aid station. So that, that what, you're very right. That's the one thing I also was realizing too, like, even getting to Breaking Bad, I was going to have to go to Breaking Bad and show up, say hello, say goodbye all at the same time, and continue to go. And so at that point, I I decided, I called it, I decided to, to bow out, um, Kelly brought the Jeep up, and... There were actually two other other runners that were with us. One, he was just dehydrated and out of it, and his brother had to go to the hospital too, and he was getting IVs. And then they're uh, both awesome guys, uh, one from South Dakota uh, and then the other guy from from Minnesota. Um, It was really interesting too. I know that um, the gentleman from Minnesota was like, what am I going to tell my kids? I've been telling them since March that, I you know, was going to go on this uh, this run, and you know, I, what I just said is like, hey, that you you went out there and you you put it out on the course, you did what you could, and it just didn't work for you today, but you went out and tried, and I know he definitely put in the work to uh, to be able to to go on this, you know, to to compete in this race, and even the guy from South Dakota, as recently as 2012, he was almost qualifying for Olympic marathons, and. Uh, Sometimes it just doesn't go your way on race day. And, um, I mean, heck, even Kelly, a lot of times when I get home from, you know, I'm trying to do a particular workout and it doesn't go, go the way I want. You always tell me, like, well, hey, you're still going faster than the guy guy on the couch. Um, and I think even you, you mentioned David Goggins earlier. Um, after the race, I had watched another video of his about, Essentially, it's you grow through pain, you don't want to quit. And I remember thinking to myself, should I have just gone? Should I have gone until I couldn't go anymore, Tell someone had to pull me from the course, Told, um, 
you know, and I hope I don't think it would be a search and rescue team. It would probably be another sweeper being like, all right, man, come on. Kate, Hence the sleep. two spot devices. Right, right, exactly. Although um, one of the gentlemen that we ended up driving back, um, the brother that went to the hospital, he was up on a mesa and had to shimmy down. So that Jacob's rock. ladder or Joshua's ladder, the ladder that's there, this guy was just out of it. And the paramedics wanted it to come down. Yeah, they and would go up it, to get him. There. It's amazing. If everybody doing this race knows what we're talking about, imagine doing that when you're just needing to be hospitalized. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. He was able to do that. Um, but, I mean, at the same time, like, I was, we're trying to be realistic about it. We've got a full Ironman in Mexico next month. And I'm trying to give myself some credit as far as just weighing in, I don't know, usually I just go balls to the walls and I'll deal with the consequences if I don't make it to something. And, um, yeah, and I, I definitely think that, and that's one thing with, the, with these races, is there's something, if, if there's something to reflect on, something you kind of learn from, I definitely have learned what I can do better to prepare and even just personally reflecting on it. Like, hey, am I, am I still... I was I was disappointed in myself bowing out when I did reflecting that hey I don't go until I quit but then I at the same time hey give yourself credit for realizing the reality of where you were at what you thought you could do and and it, it's okay sometimes you just realize that maybe it's just not not your time not your day so um, yeah we we had pulled out at that point and. Uh, Kelly didn't realize the crew wasn't supposed to get to base camp where the tortoises, but she made it up to made it up there, and then it was the the long journey back. And thank goodness they almost gave us what a Ford Focus to rent, mm-hmm. but we ended up with a with a Jeep, and that Jeep was able to get us back to to Moab. Oh, that Jeep saw some things. <laughs> it, it definitely did, but we were able to. Um, well, here's another motivation to try to to uh, stay in the Moab 240 if you're doing it, because when you suddenly stop doing the race and you didn't have hotel reservations, you are going to be paying a pretty penny for... If you can find one. If you can, That's another thing. If you can find a hotel room, and if you do, something that normally goes for $80 a night, they will charge you 400 a night. So we paid a lot more money than anybody would ever expect to at the, was it the Wyndham by Wingate. Yeah, but it had a 25-meter pool. You didn't get to experience it, but I did. Uh, it did have a 25-meter pool, so you can do the full <laughs> lap swim, which is what everybody, after doing any kind of run, because think about it, I still, again, this circles back to how amazing this race is. I still did what's a typical, it's a 50K. Kelly did a 15K, um, and... Yeah, it's just such a, it's just incredible these people are doing with, the, with these distances, but we had a chance to see a little bit more Southern Utah, Lake Powell, and then uh, what was interesting, and it goes back to even uh, the, the Training for Ultra podcast when Allison Powell and her, her group, they were talking about, you know, hey, is anybody going to be there at the finish line? Um, we were back in Moab that Tuesday staying at the Holiday Inn, not too far from the finish line, and I was keeping track of people, and I, I was definitely cheering everybody on, hoping that they could make it, 
and when you knew that deadline was at 11 p.m., and then you see this group, and we first were at a place called The Spoke, and, uh, well, I guess we were at the Moab Brewery, and then The Spoke, and then we're back at the Holiday Inn, and we kept debating, can we go to the finish line? Okay, well, the, the, the rule state this year, only family and crew, and then we thought, like, well, if we show up, maybe we'll let us in, but just to let Allison know... Um, I even had a chance to meet the, the newlyweds, Benjamin Kuhn and Rebecca Walker the next day at uh, Gilberto's, uh, all the way to um, yeah, Paul, um, Paul who, uh, where did Paul finish out there, Paul uh, Ralea, I'm not sure if I'm butchering his name, but in that final hour. Just be his friend, Paul. Well, yeah, I, I did friend request Paul, and he hasn't responded yet. I, I kind of, I feel hurt. I feel butt hurt. Um, but yeah, we were, I was just attached to my phone, and we were just constantly cheering them. And again, it, it was amazing, because when those people are coming down off of Porcupine Rim, and you wonder, like, are they going to make this? And you can almost imagine what what's going through these people's mind, because they're going from, you know, one point, five miles an hour, all of a sudden two miles an hour, three miles an hour, four, and you could tell that they probably knew, hey, we're close to the finish line to haul an ass. And so Kelly and I were, what, 50 yards away just cheering and, and, and hoping these people could make it and we're just, just ecstatic that they were able to. And again, what we experienced is just a simple, simple iota of what they had to go through over the, the span of those five days to get to the finish line. So... Nothing short of incredible what what everybody accomplished to get to the finish line, let alone mile 150, mile 100, uh, and so on. So kudos to everybody that um, ran Moab 240. Um, and Kelly, what would you say, experiencing what you've done now, looking back, or anybody else is thinking of doing, you know, a 200 miler, what what have you? What would your advice be? What would your advice to yourself be? I think we've got over at least Don't the. Do it. <laughs> well, we definitely think a crew and pacers. Yeah, no, you it, there's. There's something to be said for that. There's this whole like, oh yes, dear, you could totally do this. Any bullshit? You need a crew. You need to. Unless you're just a, a freaking ass. <laughs> you need to have a certain amount of talent like a lot of these endurance runs races we do because we can just squeak it in we can it's kind of like the whole tortoise thing like we know mm-hmm. a little bit but something like this you definitely need talent on top of the grid yeah oh sure absolutely you do get to a point where there's only so much your body can do and that's just how it how it is um, so I, for me, I would say, Hey, especially, and I, I've been reading on the forum too, there's Pieces people, crew. Yeah, for they're, sure. they're training years in advance. If, if this is a huge, huge event, get a pacer, get a crew, make it, simple. I mean, what the sweeper was to me, if I could have a, someone just personally that was going to show up and, and, and help me out, you know, um, that, that would have been great. Uh, don't. Pack the equivalent of your free weights in your backpack. But here's the deal. Also, don't listen to the shit they tell you to pack. 
or even the drop bags, like the sleep drop bags, are like they need to be within these certain little, you know, specifications. Oh, we, we went and dropped them. There were people with suitcases. Suitcases. Yeah, we were talking full on. So we went to REI. Uh, we, we spent a pretty penny. We spent a lot of money <laughs> and time. Like it can't be bigger than twenty four by twenty four oh by ten. We show up. And then we showed up in like this full on duffel it, bag. Like people, like, like, you gotta it be was, shitting me. It, honestly, it was like people trying to pack to go across the Atlantic to the fucking free world. <laughs> yeah, it was. And so, like, well, and I kind of felt duped at that point. Like, well, we, And again, we were trying to follow the rules for that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. The, I feel like there are a lot of things. You're supposed to carry a certain amount of things on you. I thought they There's were going to no check us. no way in hell that they, they these said, teeny tiny packs we saw... Any of that shit's in there. Oh, there's no, water no. and maybe a bar and a goo. Yeah, no. A block of I would say 80% of the people passed us, maybe probably more, being generous with that, uh, just had your regular hydration pack because you're supposed to have pants, jacket, sleeping, not sleeping bag, but like your, your, your tarp, mm-hmm. um, all sorts of stuff. And I Lots thought, of things. I thought we read that was going to be looked at and mandatory and there was... No, no looking into any, any bags, anything. They said it could. Is this happen, one of those things like snitches get stitches? Probably. Sorry. Yeah. D- disregard the last five minutes. We, we like edit this out, but I, I don't know. At the same time, it was a little disheartening. Like when you're trying to follow what we thought you were gonna do, and then like, well, wait a minute, what are those guys? Um, and definitely use your drop bags. Um, it it would cost a lot. That's the thing. If you wanted to keep your your phone charged with a GPS, you're probably just going to have to get, uh, just invest in getting um, rechargeable battery packs for every drop bag because mm-hmm. they're not going to, so the sleep station drop bags would go sleep station to sleep station. The drop bags, when you get to the, the aid stations, you get those drop bags and then you leave them and you go on. So they're not, you can't put, one battery pack or two, and it's just it's one and done. So if you could put one in every drop bag, and then you can recharge your phone, and then drop it off in the next drop bag, and then you'll get that in the race. You can do that there too. So um, yeah, just a little more strategy. Pack lighter. Figure out what you can do with drop bags. Get a crew. Get a pacer. Oh, and, um, and if you're slow, pack enough bars and goose because I was like. Oh, bitch, please. We paid our $1,600. We'll just, like, pocket some goos as we go. But Clint was finding out that there was not much left. That was the, the tough thing. They were running out of water. And then when you get there, like, well, we're out of everything. We're out of goos. We're out of bars. Here's some Sour Patch Kids. Here's some M&Ms. So come on and a journey with me. Gabriella, who he was with a lot of the time she ended up at um the aid station he ended up dropping at and she was just like i have nothing and the aid station had they i mean they were amazing by the way they had quesadillas they were trying to make everyone as comfortable as possible but they were out of bars and and goose and blocks and and we had Anything a bag you take with you yeah we had a bag of them in the car and so i just brought them out and it was like i felt like santa claus showing up it was amazing like <laughs> like oh my god anyways yeah that's the thing it's tough um if any race directors are listening maybe just ration 
Don't give everything out to the people Stop who the it. I don't be stingy. Yeah, yeah, just like here's a couple here for you. Know that the people that are showing up last to the aid stations are the people that probably need it more. Um, but to Kelly's point, bring just yes, bring that with you. Not the 500 calories as an emergency. Bring the stuff you're going to need perpetually. And have your crew also ready to give this stuff to you. Bring your crew. So, yeah, crew, pacer, cannot stress that enough. And then um, definitely train in the heat. And then I, I, I wish... Altitude if you can. Get altitude, a sleep tent. The, it, it, yeah, especially if you're... Be like, a rich person. It, especially if you are uh, <laughs> living at, at you know, sea level. Um, I just got my weighted vest this week. So, um, yeah, train with that weighted vest. Train... The funny thing is, is so I get back from Moab. I go to take a five uh, five mile run with with no weight, nothing, and I felt like I was going at a fourteen mile a minute pace, and I was I ended up averaging nine minutes and thirty five minute miles, which any fast elite runner doesn't I mean, it doesn't mean anything, but for me, I felt like I was going slow, and for me, you know. Three, anything under 10 minute miles, I'm hauling ass. And so it makes a huge difference. Um, so just train with the weight. Train with the weight. Just, and, and it goes back actually to Candace's um, article. Pack, your, pack what you're going to do. Pack your weight, whatever. Have your pack like you're going to be on this run. And then have your consecutive runs. You know, if it's a Saturday, Sunday, um, as much as you can do, which is going to emulate the actual run. Do it. And definitely doing a half marathon or marathon through a city with aid stations at every mile, that does not translate into ultramarathon. Does not translate completely to ultramarathon success. Yes, it's better than if you've only run a 5K and then try to do a 200-miler, but just try to simulate as much as possible as the actual race. Says the asshole that already signed up for the Bigfoot next year. I, I, uh, yes, I'm on the wait list. Well, hopefully I'll be in the wait list for that. So we'll, we'll see. So, I don't know. At the same time, uh, it goes back to the old adage. It's almost cliche at this point, but don't give up. But, hey, if you, if this is something you really want, want to do, stick with it. Eventually you can get there. I would like to just give a shout out to... Twisted Jeep, who actually just gave me a car to go find this man in the middle of the wilderness. Like, I had to do the whole 15K back down, and I thought he had car keys to the rental. He did not. I had them. But, <laughs> anywho, I went, like, rental place to rental place, and they were all sold out in Moab, and the really nice owner, and I can't remember his name, just gave me a car. Like, he was like, here, we don't have any Jeeps to rent, but you can take the one that we usually take to go rescue people on the incredibly, I don't even know, they're not even roads. What is it out there that I had to go get you at? It was uh, the side trails. Yeah. They're, they're, they're... <laughs> it was 17 miles, I believe, and it took an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, they're, they're, they're pathways, they're trails, they're... It yeah. definitely takes... Anyways, it, the people are amazing, and then showing up at an aid station where a crew is not supposed to be at, and they just 
Kelly, who's in charge of that aid station, welcomed me in, and he was like, hey, I'm going to put you to work, and I had the amazing experience of just not only helping out, but seeing the other runners, and then being able to help drive. We ended up driving two back down that were not having fun, and one puked in a rental car, but... Hey, it worked out. It worked out. At least he wasn't his brother in the hospital. (laughs) This is true. So true. So, anyways, amazing people in Moab, amazing people on the run, amazing people crewing, and, yeah, you know, it ended up being an experience. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, it just, the the most incredible athletes, the most incredible um for sure. I guess. I mean, for, for, yeah, no, the people I met, just like their the perseverance. Um, and again, just like the, the support with the ultra community. You know, I didn't feel like anybody was belittling us. Uh, everyone, no, if anything, we were overly ecstatically cheering yeah. everyone on. And it's crazy. Which is hard on the single I feel track. like the people who finished first still cheer on the few people who finished last or mm-hmm. didn't finish. And so, excellent, excellent, excellent community to be a part of. So, if anybody's thinking of doing this, Hey, check it out. Destination Trails. Start with a 25K or do what Kelly and I did and go from a 50K to <laughs> a 240 do mile. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do it. Hey, the, the beauty of this race, the nice thing I'm grateful of, it was the only race that didn't get canceled. Everything else I was set right? for all these half Ironman and Ironman and everything else was either modified or canceled altogether. So at least we had a chance to do... Something you know what else didn't get canceled? Iron Man Cosimo. And here we go. Giddy up. <laughs> right on. Well, if anybody has any questions for me, you can reach me at Clinton at mymidnightclub.com or you cannot reach Kelly at notkelly at mymidnightclub.com or you can even follow us on Instagram, mymidnightclub. Uh, anywhere else they can find you, Kelly? Mm-mm. No. Don't look for Kelly at Columbia Athletic Club. Yeah, no. No? Don't be a stalker. It's weird. Oh, jeez. Yeah, don't do that. Columbia Athletic Club. Kirkland, Washington. I'll edit this out. Don't worry. Here. Or Bustle, Washington. Or Burgermaster. Stop! Oh, weirdo. Yes, well, on that note, our Moab 2020 240 mile experience ended up being a one percenter. Yes, Yes, exactly. Hey, that's one thing. We're we're the one percenters. Mm -hmm. Not the kind you usually want to be, but yes, that is us. So, excellent experience, Kelly. Thank you for exposing me to this, and let's try it again sometime. (laughs) I'll see you in Mexico. Later. Peace.